Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I declassified. That's what Trump is saying about the documents that were in his place. Now, whether he did or whether he didn't, that's going to be a conversation that you're going to, someone's going to have to prove that legally. Somewhere there's a statement made, right? Somewhere there's a piece of paper. Then again, it's the president of the United States. He can classify anything he wants at any time. I think the bigger story here is how the FBI and the DOJ has been engaged now in these documents that they got from the raid on his place. And it was a raid just so we all understand each other. Where they got documents that Trump's team is claiming are protected by attorney-client privilege. So he wants to appoint something called a special master, somebody to go in there and take a look at the documents and determine what the FBI uh, can could actually take under a warrant and what is protected. The FBI and the DOJ are saying, ah, don't worry, we already looked at the documents. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, we looked at them, so you don't need a special uh, master. And by the way, if you got a special master, it could absolutely interfere with our investigation. So we can't have that, so you can't do it. You lose out on your rights because they... They need to make their, I don't know, point. They need to have their investigation. And what's what's the term? Uh, the term now, it's it's likely. Their, their terminology, not mine, likely uh, that uh, Trump was trying to conceal or remove uh, documents from the storage room. Efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation. May I ask out loud what I do with the information regarding likely? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. That is the number. You know, sometimes people tune in for the very first time. So, hey, how are you? And so uh, if you're a longtime listener to the show, sometimes you hear me repeat myself. I'm not trying to repeat myself. It's that new people are coming in all the time, which is fantastic. And sometimes it's important to make sure you've, you've set the table. I have made no argument that... It's possible that Trump had uh, documents that he shouldn't have had. It's, of course, possible. It's also possible that Trump did indeed declassify every document that he has, which the president can do. Anyone who says otherwise, anyone who says that the president cannot declassify documents is lying. Lying through their teeth. Now, we could argue maybe there are some documents that you shouldn't declassify. Oh, that's a fine argument. That's you and me on the bar stool, right? That's you and me sipping a, a, a bourbon and, and having this discussion. But that isn't legally what we're engaged in. The president of the United States can declassify anything the president chooses. So the declassification conversation of documents that are at Mar-a-Lago that were supposedly marked classified or top secret or top secret SCI, meaning they could only be uh, read in in special compartmentalized uh, information areas, uh, that's, well, that's a fight you can have, but the president can do it. If he was president of the United States at the time, 
he can do it. You could argue that just the act of taking the documents was declassifying the documents. Again, you can argue it. You know what you can't argue? That you can go about engaging in some level of prosecution based on likely. Likely. How would, how would I even begin to engage a defense of this idea uh, that Trump was uh, um, concealing documents in the storage room? If there was a box that had uh, one of these pieces of classified information, which I get it, it's weird, right? Why do you have the stuff? Then again, what are the odds that Trump packs his own boxes? The flip side to that is it's his boxes. He's responsible for it, right? You don't know that somebody brought contraband into your car, but you're the one driving the car. You see, you see the issue. So let's say I've got a box, and and I've got a what's in the box, and I've got a. Bo- I don't know why. We went full seven. I, I got a box, and it's got some classified information in it. Let's just say that it does. And then I take another box that's kind of heavy, and I put it on top of the box that had the classified information. Am I now concealing the classified information? What in the bloody heck is likely What in the world is it regarding likely? Trump said uh, that it was terrible, quote, during the raid of Mar-a-Lago that the FBI threw documents haphazardly all over the floor, perhaps pretending it was me that did it, and then started taking pictures of them for the public to see. Thought they wanted wanted them kept secret. Lucky I declassified. He's talking about this photo that, that's going around. It's probably on your social media feeds. I got to assume, Sarah, will you do me a favor and find that photo and post it to locals, TonyCats.locals.com, so people can see what we're talking about. Thank you. That's Sarah, uh, by the way. Sarah runs all the, all the digitals in, in my world. Uh, this, Eat, Drink, Smoke, she runs everything. Um, and it's a photo, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a photo of documents. It says, top secret this and top secret that, and... It's just all over the floor. Does anybody believe that these pictures that show the documents on the floor are the way Trump had them in his home? Even Jonathan Turley is saying, are you all nuts? Notably, this filing, meaning the filing saying that uh, Trump likely concealed This filing includes this picture, which is being widely distributed. It can, however, leave an obvious misleading impression that secret documents were strewn over the floor when this appears to be the work of FBI agents. That's Jonathan Turley, the law professor. What did Liz Cheney say? Yet more indefensible conduct by Donald Trump revealed this morning. You really think that Trump just left the documents on the floor? Are you nuts? Is... Liz Cheney, not only did you, you did you deserve to lose, shame on me for ever defending your record as a conservative voter, because you were. This is crazy. You need help. You need to sit yourself down, sip a bourbon slowly, and for the next 10 years, rethink every move you've made over the last two. I'm saying to you, I'm saying to anybody within the sound of my voice, if you think Trump had uh, top secret documents just strewn about the floor, you're a schmuck.
We're not debating. We're not disagreeing. We're not going to find some place of coming together. You're just dumb. I actually have exclusive audio of the inner workings of your minds right now. Come on. We don't know that this is the FBI? We don't know this? What a thing. And people are going... People are going to believe that that this was... What, Trump just leaving it out there? The picture, according to Jonathan Turley, is attachment F, and the textual reference on page 13 simply says... Certain of the documents had colored covered sheets indicating their classification status. I think the question is, why is the FBI even taking a picture of this stuff and publishing it? Why is it out there? Every move that is made by this DOJ and the FBI on this raid makes Trump look better and makes them look worse. The argument that I made from the beginning, and you may have made this argument as well, when we heard about the raid, the tweet that I put out here, I said the calls for retribution are going to be massive. Well, I wasn't wrong. The more the FBI and the DOJ do, the more they say, the more it looks like that Donald Trump is the victim of a witch hunt. Was this the plan to make Donald Trump, Donald Trump, look sympathetic? This was your plan? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I play it already? Good God. And we are gonna wa- we're going to watch uh, the, the, the MSNBCs of the world. We're going to watch the MSNBCs of the world say, look at what Trump was doing. He was just begging the Russians to come on in. Crazy. Absolutely, positively, out of your head, crazy. I can't even believe sometimes that this is the country. It's not even possible it really isn't it really isn't now the question of course is going to be about Trump declassification the question's going to be whether or not Trump did that or or did he not that's it, it, it will get uh dug in upon there's got to be there has to be some system. There has to be something that would be able to show us that it's, it was indeed declassified because if it's a he said, she said, how do you, how, how would anybody be able to tell me he didn't declassify it? I don't, I don't, honestly, I'm saying I don't know how that would work. But the more we see on this, the more the DOJ and the FBI look pathetic. If there was something here, the president having documents he shouldn't have had, I'm okay with the proper authorities making sure those documents are in a secure and safe place. What we're watching here makes Trump look sympathetic and does have every feel of a witch hunt.
Good Lord. We do have incompetent leadership. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Some people will never learn. And the people who buy into DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, who buy into this idea of wokeness, they will never learn. Uh, If they do, it'll be the hard way. And what they will learn, not saying when they will learn it, but I can tell you what they will learn, is that you cannot satisfy the woke crowd. The woke scold cannot be satisfied because there is no incentive to satisfaction. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, guys, always a pleasure, really is. Uh, if if somebody is woke, they must be woke at all times because if they stop being woke, well, then they give up their existence. Being woke means you find anger and disgust in all things. Everything is bigoted. Everything is hateful. Everything is wrong. It has to be. Otherwise, you have nothing to rail against. I don't think I'm saying anything that we don't already know. Maybe I'm just kind of condensing it. It brings us to a story about DC Comics and food. And I looked at the story. I said, what is is possibly, possibly this story? CNN has a story. DC Comics feature stereotypical Latin foods on Hispanic Heritage Month covers. Um, uh, okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. You've seen pictures. And, and, and we have uh, here in Indianapolis... Uh, a children's museum, which is continually ranked best in the country and best in the world. If you've never been, it, it, it is very, very well done. And they've got a whole outdoor thing with sports. Super cool. And um, they, to celebrate Juneteenth, Juneteenth was not the end of slavery. It's when the word of the end of slavery reached uh, Texas, June 19th, Juneteenth. Is, is what it's called. And I have never minded that being celebrated as a holiday because I think it's always important to celebrate the end of slavery, always important to celebrate freedom, and it's always important to recognize the abolitionists who made it happen in the United States. You may know them as Republicans. Uh, you, you don't think that's the reason to celebrate it? Okay, fine, cool, whatever. Uh, and, and, and to celebrate Juneteenth, the, the, the Children's Museum, uh, they were going to put together some fantastic offerings in the, the Children's Museum cafeteria. You know, a place where you can go get lunch. And so they offered Juneteenth watermelon salad. I swear to you, that happened. If you think that the Children's Museum of Indianapolis is a racist, bigoted institution, you're so crazy as to be believed. What they did is they said, how do we celebrate Juneteenth? Hey, uh, you uh, are, are, are of a different color than me, so you must know how to celebrate Juneteenth, hmm? 
what are some foods you have on Juneteenth? And someone said watermelon salad, and they said, perfect, put it on there and put a sticker on it. And then someone said, did you really just celebrate Juneteenth with watermelon salad and not recognize the stereotypical connection between the two? And then the museum said, and they, they, they fell apart. Stop trying to please people, the woke that cannot be pleased. And for God's sake, just sell watermelon salad, not Juneteenth watermelon salad. I think what makes it a watermelon salad, it's got goat cheese. And then that can be a very, very good combination. You got the sweet, you got the salty. It's it's, it's nicely done. In these uh, DC comics, you have different characters like... Holding all sorts of Mexican foods, like like uh, here's uh, somebody at the uh, Plantanitos Fritos Cafeteria. I, I swear to you. I swear to you. There's Kyle Rayner, uh, a superhero, a member of the Green Lantern Corps, in space with a bag of tamales in one hand and a flag reading Viva Mexico in the other. Um... Holy crap. They really did this. Someone thought this was a good idea. This is a ridiculous idea. And if you weren't so afraid of the woke, if you didn't so live in fear, if you actually used your mind for like half a second, you'd say, wait a second, this is dumb. Let's just make comics. That's not what they do. Every moment to show how much they care and how they're good. Because one of the things the woke have to do is they have to keep showing how woke they are. Because if you don't show how woke you are, how do people know you're woke? And then they might assume you're not woke. And that's not woke, so you got to be woke by showing how woke you are. (sighs) How could you not be disgusted by all of these people? Every single day leads leads to another bit of absolute madness. And none of it's necessary. Just be normal. That's all you got to do. Besides, September isn't known for Hispanic Heritage Month. September is known as Bourbon Heritage Month, which it is, by the way. Uh, may I suggest you start with a little 1792 foolproof? That's where I would. 1792, the year Kentucky became a state. There you go. I'm Tony Katz. Guess what? We took on the NRA and we're going to take them on again and we won and we will win again. But we're not stopping here. I'm determined to ban assault weapons in this country. Determined. I did it once before and I'll do it again. For many of you home, I want to be clear. It's not about taking away anybody's guns. In fact, we should be treating responsible gun owners as examples how every gun owner should behave. I have two shotguns at home. It's a long story, but I not oppose the guns. But I support the Second Amendment, and I support the Second Amendment. But the Second Amendment, as one of the most, one of the most conservative justices in history, Justice Scalia once wrote, like, quote, like most rights, the rights granted by the Second Amendment are not unlimited. They're not unlimited. 
Does anybody believe that Joe Biden actually has a warm spot in his heart for lawful gun owners, the millions of them out there, the millions of firearms uh, that they have? Does anyone believe that Joe Biden could actually define what an assault weapon is? Yeah. I don't believe he can either. Tony Katz, great to be with you guys. Tony Katz today, that's the name of the show. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. Cam Edwards joins us right now. He is the editor-in-chief of BearingArms.com, B-E-A-R-I-N-G, BearingArms.com. And Biden has decided that as part of this push, uh, Cam, on uh, 2022, on the midterms, uh, guns, never mind just calling people fascists, right? He disagrees with me you're a fascist but guns are a good thing to campaign on and he's going to go to maryland and he's going to hold up larry hogan the governor in high esteem and all of a sudden lawful gun owners like you and me are in high esteem unless of course uh, we ask you to define what assault weapon is and then you, you tell us that we're back in the fascist category uh can you take any part of what biden's saying with any level of seriousness uh, I, I listen. I believe he's serious about wanting to ban modern sporting rifles. I, I take him at his word at that. Uh, but as far as you know, the rest of his argument, no. I think it's a fundamentally unserious argument. Uh, I think this is done to distract from inflation, from the economic worries that we all have. And you know, from a political perspective, Tony, I don't know how it's got to play out, but I can tell you from a public safety perspective uh, and from a constitutional perspective, you know, going after. The most commonly sold rifles in the country is a terrible, terrible idea. The argument seems to be, as as you, you watch him play it out and you watch uh, so much of where the commentary is going on a lot of... Uh, 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 Non-Fox cable news, I guess is the way I, I, I would put it. Your argument is that the Constitution protects these things, and their argument is uh, the Constitution, uh, man, that thing's over 100 years old. Uh, there's this very, very loud push to saying, let's forget about this. It seems mm-hmm. that he's trying to, to split the baby and saying, I support, uh, uh, you know, uh, smart, sensible gun ownership, but not this thing over over here that that's lip service uh, more than anything else because he's part of a party that doesn't believe in the rights uh, to be to begin with. What we, we've seen in New York uh, that you have the governor there saying, well, just because we lost a major a Supreme Court battle doesn't mean we're still going to try and keep guns uh, from you. As a matter of fact, we'll check your social media accounts to see if you can have uh, a firearm. What are you seeing out there where people are trying to find new creative, inventive ways to tell lawful gun owners to go to hell? Well, as you say, they are coming up with all kinds of uh, new and creative ways to deny that our right to keep their arms is a real right. And that's what this is about. Look, I understand that Democrats, they don't care much about the Constitution. The, the constitutional argument uh, falls short uh, with them. It, it shouldn't, but it does. But here's the thing, Tony. You know, I, I can argue against a gun ban on non-constitutional grounds. I mean, the fact of the matter is that rifles of any kind, not just automatic rifles, but rifles of any kind, are used in a fraction of violent crimes in this country, a small number. There are more people murdered by fists or feet or by hammers or other blunt objects than rifles of any kind. So if this is a public safety argument, then Biden's already lost because we can't ban our way to safety here. You know, most guns that are used in crimes are handguns. The Supreme Court has already said you can't ban handguns. And there's no desire uh, in this country on the part of Americans to ban handguns. But if you listen to Biden's rhetoric yesterday, it's very emotional. 
Uh, and it was all about, listen, if you don't want to see children murdered in their classrooms, then you've got to support this ban. Now, we know, Tony, that the last time we had an assault weapons ban in place, it didn't stop school shootings. Columbine happened in 1999, smack dab in the middle of that 10-year ban on the sale of so-called assault weapons and large-capacity magazines. So don't tell me that we're going to protect our kids by banning guns, right, that are owned by millions of law-abiding Americans. That's not the way to protect our children. That takes us further away from the type of solutions that actually will work. The Secret Service wrote a report, I think it was two years ago, specifically looking at targeted school attacks. They found that over 90% of these attacks, the, the attacker had communicated their threats beforehand. There was a chance to stop these things from happening, not by banning guns, not by criminalizing legal gun owners, not by demonizing the NRA, but by focusing on those troubled individuals and ensuring that there is an adequate response, either through law enforcement, the mental health services, the educational system, when those threats are identified. But, you know, again, this isn't I, – I, I honestly don't think this is about public safety. This is about politics for Joe Biden. And it's sad because, again, what Democrats are trying to do, take us further away from real solutions to protect our kids and protect the public. Talking to Cam Edwards. He is the editor-in-chief at BearingArms.com. Let me give you another piece of Joe Biden speaking at this rally in Pennsylvania. Over 48,000 people died from gunshot wounds in 2021 in the United States of America. Over 26,000 by suicide. When guns are the number one killer, listen, listen, the guns are the number one killer of children in America, of children and number one. More children die from guns than active duty police and active duty military personnel combined. Hear that again? More children in America die from guns than active duty police and active duty military. Does he have the data right here? On guns and children? If you define children up to the age 19, uh, then yes. Most people I know would call a 19-year-old an adult. Uh, but that is the statistic. Zero to 19, the number one cause of death among uh, children and adolescents last year was firearms. Closely followed, I believe, by uh, traffic fatalities. Uh, but, you know, Tony, here's the thing. Again, you can stretch these statistics, right? If you if you make the cutoff 18, all of a sudden that number changes. If you make the cutoff 17, that number changes again. Uh, what what Biden is talking about and really was driving that, that number that he discussed is violent crime. We're talking about gang-related shootings, drug-related shootings, you know, young criminals, basically, who are engaging in an increasing number of carjackings, home invasions, and violent crime. Juvenile crime is up by a lot in a, in a number of cities around the country right now. Uh, and again, the way to address that is not through gun control. But you notice as well that Biden did a couple of things here, right? He talked about the overall number of gun deaths. He then you know, talked about suicides. He then threw out the number of kids who are dying. All of this related to a ban on so-called assault weapons. And as I just mentioned, those guns aren't used in a lot of crimes. They're not used in a lot of suicides. They aren't found in a lot of accidental shootings. So Biden is completely conflating these issues here and his proposed solution is meaningless when it comes to addressing the very things that he talked about. What's going to be more effective if you want to reduce the number of suicides in this country? Banning AR-15s or improving access to mental health? So now we are left with what is the, the, the future here 
on the Second Amendment and this talking point uh, that Biden now wants to present that there's the right way to do it and then the bad way uh, to, to do it. And if you don't agree with me, you're in favor of the bad uh, way uh, to, to, to do it. It, it would... It, there's the push to make this an election topic, and, there, and there's a question of whether or not we think this is a, an election topic that's going to move people. Do we think the, the Second Amendment or gun rights uh, are, are something that moves people to, to this midterm? But then there's the realization. I mean, when you've got a, a guy in a party that is so willing to say, if you disagree with me, you're a fascist. If you disagree with me, uh, you're, you're destroying a democracy. If you disagree with me, uh, not the republic, democracy. If, if you disagree with me, uh, you're, you're, you're an enemy and and you shouldn't be allowed to have a job or be on social media or do anything else um is is this the play we're now going to start seeing is this the natural progression of people who refuse to accept the fact that people may disagree with them is to uh, further demonize and end their ability to even participate in the public square well listen that's happening on a bipartisan basis as you well know, right? And when the political discussion turns into fascists versus commies, I don't think it uh, suits the republic well at all. But you're right. Joe Biden and the Democrats, this is part of their game plan. Uh, and, you know, Biden yesterday talking about, uh, well, you know, if you want to take on the government, you need an F-15. Why on earth is Biden talking like that? You know, if if, if Biden is concerned, we've seen these polls suggesting that maybe 40 percent of Americans think we're headed towards a civil war. Why is the president trying to de-escalate the rhetoric? Why isn't he trying to talk about coming together as Americans instead of, again, trying to divide us? So, yeah, the, the, the man has not met the moment, unfortunately, in the White House. Um, you know, we do not have the president that we need. We do not have the leadership that we need in Washington, D.C. right now. And I think things are only going to continue to get worse because this is part of the Democratic playbook. And it's, look, it's, it's, it's part of the political playbook overall. Demonize your political opponents. Uh, don't allow them to be human. Don't allow them. Uh, to, to have their own feelings or their own opinions. If they disagree with you, uh, they're not just wrong. They're the enemy. And, yeah, that is the playbook that Democrats are running right now. Uh, allow me to disagree with you uh, on something because I will discuss communism here, and I do often, and I discuss people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, and I, I, I say that without shame. I say that without uh, uh, apology. When you take a look at their desires for government control, when you take a look at their desires for for full-on government health care or, or uh, how they want to engage government in, in the banking industry, how they want to uh, follow and track every purchase uh, that, that, that you make, uh, I can make the argument cogently that their policies are those uh, of communists, as opposed to the inability for anybody to make the argument that because I support the Second Amendment or I support uh, the idea, for example, if I supported tariffs as a way of bringing about better trade deals, uh, that uh, therefore uh, I'm a fascist. Or if I think that January 6th was a riot and not an insurrection, uh, therefore I'm a fascist. That Those are two very different thoughts. And they're and two very different monikers and, and for, for different levels of application. I'm wrong? Officials like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. I mean, you know, Tony, listen, if, if you can't acknowledge that both sides play this game where we demonize everybody else on the other side rather than focusing on individuals like Elizabeth Warren or like Bernie Sanders, who, as you say, absolutely express communistic ideas, but both sides take these shortcuts. And, and I think it's wrong to deny that that happens. It's also wrong to do it, and the Democrats are doing it. But listen, 
I live in a country, I live in a county, I should say, that is roughly 50-50. We were one of those counties that went for Obama and then went for Trump. And I can tell you, I know plenty of Democrats who I live near, who are my neighbors, who are my friends, who aren't communists. They're, they're, they're not. And I'm not a fascist. And they don't call me a fascist, and I don't call them a communist. That we disagree with each other politically. But our political disagreements don't resemble the type of political disagreements that we see in Washington, D.C. Now, that much is true, right? Well, I, I've made this argument many times. Where we are with our neighbors, right, is very different than what we see on cable news. But when I have the president referring to half the country as fascist, semi-fascist, which my argument has been I do not know what semi-fascist means. I think, it, you know, I'm excited, but I could use a little more foreplay. Uh, that's what I think semi-fascist is is coming from uh but when you see that and then you see the next day the attack on the florida gop headquarters uh right of the vandalism and the doors glued together uh, i don't know how you don't argue a level of correlation between the two well there may very well be a level of correlation between the two i mean listen i'm not denying that the rhetoric coming out from the left is bad for this country but I think we're seeing, you know, a lot of that again all over the place. I, I, I worry that, uh, frankly, you know, across the political spectrum, there is more of a desire to punish your political enemies than there is to figure out a way to better uh, your party, better your community, better your country. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that serves us well at all, quite frankly. I'm a little concerned about the authoritarian impulses across the political spectrum. Well, on that, I won't disagree with you. His name is Cam Edwards. You can find his work at BearingArms.com, B-E-A-R-I-N-G, BearingArms.com. Find him on Twitter at Cam Edwards, E-D-W-A-R-D-S. Cam, it's always a pleasure, man. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz. So it turns out that Starbucks is not going cashless. There was a story yesterday about how Starbucks is uh, no, no, no more cash, no more cash at, at all. Everything is going to be app based or it's it's going to be, uh, um, uh, you know, contactless. That's it. No more cash. And I got to admit, it's super creepy. Super creepy when I see people do this. Now, this led to a conversation of do people carry cash and. Uh, maybe I'll get into it in the next hour because I do, and I don't understand the people who don't, but neither here nor there. I find it very, very odd. And, and uh, to an extent, dangerous. This idea that any business could say, we don't accept cash. Now, there are businesses online that don't accept cash. They, they, uh, they, they, of course they don't accept cash. It's online. It's all credit card or, or I guess it could be crypto. I don't know. It sounded like, it's like, it's like uh flex. It's all ball bearings these days. Um, so I guess it's more prevalent than I sometimes give it credit for, but the idea of a walking into a retail shop and not throwing down a couple of bucks, I find to be very problematic. And I don't know if it's me. Or maybe it's others. I am very bothered by the idea of a society that's tracking every purchase. And now, you know, PayPal, oh, it's over $600. IRS gets notified. eBay, same way. These are, these are dangerous things. This tracking, 
this keeping an eye on everything. And th- there are generations that are like, yeah, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? The federal government doesn't need to know. Are they going to decide you bought enough of that? Think of it this way. Let's say the federal government just knows how many guns you purchased and how much ammo you purchased. Do they get to decide you've had enough? And if you say to me, well, yeah, maybe that's to keep us safe. Well, if we're keeping people safe, how about the federal government decides that you've purchased enough cheeseburgers? No more cheeseburgers for the rest of the year. They're just keeping you safe. You say to me, Tony, that's silly. I don't believe it is silly. I believe it is a very simple way to discuss a much larger issue with the idea of actual freedom. And maybe we need to start having seriously a privacy conversation and what it would entail. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.